Welcome back to another week of Green and Gold, the cannabis podcast that talks about pretty much everything related to weed and how it's sold and how it's impacting our world as we know it. I'm your host, Haley Fox. Speaking of hosts, a little housekeeping. As you probably know by now, I'm pregnant and D-Day is coming up real fast. While we're working around the clock around here to prep some amazing new episodes for you while I'm out on maternity leave, or whatever form of maternity leave I get, we are also looking for a guest host who may be able to take over for a few weeks in the interim. The gig is a lot of work, but extremely fun, and to be honest, you probably won't ever want to leave it once you start. Anyways, if you're a LA-based radio reporter and this sounds like it could be up your alley, Send some links of your work to tablecakesproductions at gmail.com. All right, enough of that. Let's get to the show. This week, we're breaking with form just a little bit by diving into a conversation that's less topic-focused and, frankly, just interesting. We spent a lot of time on this show talking about some big picture issues related to cannabis, and today we wanted to focus on brass tacks, mainly what it's like to be in the cannabis industry, and not just be in it, but be a woman in it, since the weed biz has a long and not-so-illustrious history of being pretty bro-centric. Look no further than the scantily clad women that still pop up in weed ads and Instagram accounts or the demographics who show up to most of the weed conventions, conferences, and parties. Because in California, recreational weed is newly legal, and medical weed is newly formally regulated, there are some drastic changes happening in the weed workplace. In large part, a sense of some accountability on the part of the owners. That's why we spoke with Victoria Arana, a 22-year-old bud tender at the California Caregivers Alliance, better known as CCA, a dispensary in Silver Lake. She's been working in the industry since the age of 18 when she landed her first job at a shop down the road. She's seen all sorts of mistreatment, from crazy amounts of unpaid overtime to confiscated tips, sexual harassment, but she's also learned a ton about how to handle customers, newbies, tourists, and everyone in between. All right, here's Victoria. So I grew up in Los Angeles, Echo Park, so I'm a local, and my first, you know, experience to cannabis was just growing up everyone would just smoke it's, it's such a casual thing here in socal that growing up you know your uncles would do it, your cousins your brothers and you kind of just into the culture you know middle school high school got my first experience i think i was like 13 years old uh-huh. and when i turned 18 we had medical marijuana and it was easy to just go get your your recommendation and go into any shop so it was very accessible to everyone and so i got a taste pretty young did you get your medical card? Or I know you... Yeah, like when I turned 18, the first shop I ever went to was CCA. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. No it was way. like the notorious shop. They had um, 200 milligram $5 brownies. In like high school, that's what we would get. We'd have like our older friends buy it and then... I was like, I was going to equate that to like buying a 40 of like King Cobra yeah. malt liquor, <laughs> but I didn't want to diminish how good their brownies probably are yeah. in comparison to that. They're amazing. But yeah. like, yeah, for people who don't know, that's a super strong brownie very, very. for <laughs> not very much money. <laughs> yeah. And how did you decide like not only you were going to get your medical card, but that you wanted to start working at one of these places? Uh, medical card, easy, because I wouldn't have to ask someone. There was no like third party I'd have to go through. It was mm-hmm. like me directly. I'd get what I'd want. The experience is like in itself worth it. And working was just by coincidence. I would go to the shop a lot and I like knew the owner and I entrusted him. And then 
He's like, do you want to work here? I was like, sure, you know, 18. It sounded cool. Again, I was a stoner already, so yeah, I just, it fell in. I liked it. You know, we had talked a little bit about it, but I was wondering if you could tell people, you know, your expectations for the shop versus kind of what ended up happening there. So, like, ideally, you go in there and there's, like, a bunch of, like, smiling faces. They're excited. They're selling weed. They're smoking weed. It's a friendly environment. Not very professional, you know, like, blasting trap music. Yeah. <laughs> So started working there. I mean, I knew that, again, like, there, it's not legal. There's no laws. I'm not, like, I can't contact Asha if, <laughs> if something happens. But it, like, turned bad really fast. But, again, I was, like, 18. I had no idea of what the expectation. I had no expectations, actually. Mm-hmm. I just thought, hey, I'm going to sell weed. I'm going to get paid, like, you know, fairly good money, more than I would if I was working at, like, Forever 21 or, like, a coffee shop. And so I, you kind of, like, you take the bullet for knowing that you're going to have like more opportunities hopefully later on but it was not at all i would i would work like 10 11 hour shifts they would never pay you post it closing so like my cleaning hour and a half they mm-hmm. wouldn't pay us they would keep our tips which was crazy cuz tips are a big yeah, part of are the a income, huge right? part and we were such a busy shop we were one of the busy shops in silver lake besides cca it was like the biggest competitor and there was a lot of sexual harassment, even assaults with a lot of the girls. Um, it was just a very alpha male dominated world, you know, mm-hmm. machistas. And it wasn't it didn't work out. I mean, luckily, luckily, it was like a blessing when they got shut down. All the girls were so like joyous. And I know it sounds ridiculous that most of us like didn't do it. We didn't quit or we didn't leave or report this but you again there's no expectations who are you gonna tell where am I gonna work it's just it's the industry it's everyone knows it's just the industry you kind of just take it yeah I mean I was gonna say it seems like like you said you for all the benefits you especially at 18 I mean I was literally like working an ice cream shop or something exactly like you don't you have no idea what you're doing or and we're most so was it mostly like youngish girls around your age I guess like 25 and under I was the youngest I've always been the youngest at every shop that I've worked at um and I guess that's another reason you know trying to like not live up to this age but if everyone else is so much older around you and they're all dealing with this it's just like just suck it up Mm -hmm. this is what it's like this is what the real world is like essentially so I just had to learn Outside your shop, did you know other people in the industry? Like, did you get a feeling that this was standard or did you have no really, you know, reference point for what was acceptable? No, absolutely. If anything, I thought I had it good. I didn't work the 15 hours. They would pay for our meals. I mean, our meals were like McDonald's or Mm -hmm. Domino's. (laughs) But I just got more of the like verbal harassment, but nothing physically happened to me, which I know happened at, you know, a lot of shops that I had friends that worked at. So if anything, I thought it had it a little good. And it wasn't as, it wasn't as bad as it could have been, mm-hmm. which is, it's still horrible. Yeah. And I'm just like, <laughs> I think, trying to make up for it. But it's, yeah, it could have been worse. Well, and you had said something that struck me um, before about how one of the most uncomfortable parts of the day was getting paid because you had to mm-hmm. be in the office, right? Can yeah, you tell like me a alone bit? with the owner the manager he would run it so he was obviously like overseeing everything and yeah I mean it was just uncomfortable because you were alone there was no one there there was no cameras he's already been you know trying to make moves the whole time and it he took it there with a lot of the women and again like what are you going to do you're not going to have a job the next day if you quit it's like economic abuse as well because what what are you supposed to do yeah did they finally get shut down by the feds or local law enforcement or what happened yeah they gave us a notification like you have to have your doors closed by five and they did 
Okay, and that was it. You, everyone was out, and yeah. But then they opened up another shop. Oh yes, um, in downtown. But I did not. I like immediately after we closed, blocked all like most of their numbers. And now you're at California. What's the caregivers? Yeah, California Caregivers Alliance. Okay, and was that like a quick transition, or how'd you go about getting that second job? Yeah, so I would go in there because my it was my local shop. And immediately, I guess I looked a little enthusiastic about all the products. <laughs> <laughs> and the manager and now my best friend, Nida, was like, hey, who's that girl? You know, and then told one of the owners. And um, she'd mentioned that I worked at the other shop so that, you know, patients would be comfortable with me. And I was familiar. Mm-hmm. And the next time I came in, one of the other managers asked if I had wanted a job. And I immediately was like, oh, no, like I could never work at another dispensary again. You know, I, you know, I learned my lesson. Yeah. Um, But she promised it was nothing like that. And then, yeah, it wasn't. I came in for the interview and got the job right then. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then just like it was, yeah, like January 2nd or something. So you only had a few or how much time do you have in between the two? Like a month. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, I know from the times I've been in there, it's a lot of women who like work work there and run it. And I feel like maybe that's also why I've seen a lot of other women customers. Um, yeah. I was saying the other day, like, I thought it was great because I went in to buy a gift the other day and no one batted an eye that like super pregnant lady was in there. Like that everyone's just like super cool. And I'm curious for you what some of the biggest differences are, why you decided ultimately to get back into weed and how this shop did deliver on you know being different than your prior experience yeah so we are all female run and it's family owned so um, there's females everywhere incorporated which is really nice Mm -hmm. and that like that immediately feeling so comfortable with the group of ladies which I know a lot of people that sounds oh my gosh like how can you know you always hear people say that like women there's drama that's absolutely not like this Uh is we have found our tribe Um, none of that goes on there's just respect the patients themselves like the environment it's very professional very medicinal yeah it's fun obviously marijuana and cannabis is amazing but there's so much more to it and they brought that medicinal aspect out they were so all about education on everything like we have such a variety of cb like from every cannabinoid that you don't find in a lot of other shops that's why people continue to come here a lot of medicinal patients and then the fact that we were in a union I had a voice. If anything happened, I would immediately contact them. Mm-hmm. They regular our hours, our wage, just made sure nothing that was happening at the other shop. What happened, if it did, there would be repercussions, mm-hmm. immediate repercussions. You know, since now, so you've been in the industry four or five years? It'll be five, like on my birthday, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. So in those five years, obviously, you know, you saw recreational get legalized and a lot of new products come on the market and like all sorts of things have changed. How have you kind of kept up with all that? And what have you learned? You know, like, how do you interact with customers now or recommend things now that you might not have when you first started out, maybe? Well, we do get a lot of talk back from, you know, the the tax, like, really throws people for a loop or uh, people that were used to buying over 100 milligrams in their edibles. But, I mean, the great thing about all the new laws is that there's full transparency with everything. You know exactly what you're intaking because you have to the bcc or the the test the cannabis bureau that tests everything Mm -hmm. five times more than your organic produce which is already we're assumed at like the highest ranking Mm -hmm. and so when people are always like well like you know you just get comments of every which way but you have to understand that there's so many laws that people have to abide by and there's so many companies trying to make it and there's so little that are so it's even a little easier to sell products because 
there everything's there there's no you don't have to wonder like how many milligrams is this like what's in this what what are the ingredients like who made this where are the ingredients sourced from like everything is there mm-hmm. and for just for people listening who might not know so you're saying like some of the biggest issues are the the taxes which are super high like local and state mm-hmm. and then yeah the measurements because like you had said, you used to be able to get yeah, like a two hundred thousand milligram crow edibles. Yeah, and now there's strict limits on how much, yeah, how strong the products are mm-hmm. that you can get. So now, like, walk me through for someone, let's say, listening. Probably everyone by now has been in a dispensary, but let's say they haven't. What's the process like at your shop? How do you kind of start the interaction, and like, how do you try and help? I'm sure there's a like varying degree of people who know exactly what they want and just like need to buy it and people who are really need some sort of guidance. So I always, always just try to ask like, hey, how are you? Um, a lot of people get uncomfortable in dispensaries or they feel a little nervous, especially if it's your first time. Like you have no idea what you're expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, so try to like warm them up, make them comfortable so I can, you know, really get down to what they want and then ask them what they're looking for. That sometimes when you get a little stall, um, but then I say like flowers, which, you know, buds, tinctures, topicals, edibles, and then they kind of start to, okay, well, I'm looking for this, that, and that. And then beyond the indigo stiva hybrid, it's like, what do you want to feel? Or what do you want to do today? Um, there's so much more to categorizing things into three. And people kind of just, I just want indica. But then you show them like a great hybrid or even a sativa sometimes. And that's exactly what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to be like really cautious about what words you use. And then I try to bring out like the biggest variety because they have options and they can look and then they'll be like really confident in their decision. Like, oh, that's the one I want, you know, because they have something <laughs> to compare it to. Um, but it's about making them really comfortable and like talking them through, talking through everything, like every aspect of it, like the dose, what it tastes like, what it's made out of, what kind of oil they use. Like if they're strain specific, I mean everything, like we really try to break it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit too about like what the range of people you see are in terms of like just people coming in looking to buy stuff for fun or people who have serious medical conditions, like what type of uh, what type of customers you guys get? I mean, a good balance of both. For the people even looking for it for fun, there's still that like pain reduction that everyone looks for, or, like the anti-anxiety helps aid with sleep. The most recreational users are definitely the tourists. That mm-hmm. it's their first time in a shop and they just want to get like the strongest stuff, you know, like oh, wax, really? you know, dipped in keef, like layered in ash. But for the most part, even um, the non-recreational users, I mean, the recreational users look for that medicinal uh, benefit in them. Or we turn them on like, oh, have you ever heard of like CBN to help age your sleep? Like not just something that's super heavy. It's just about like showing them different products and getting them excited to try them. Mm -hmm. And what do you guys, that's so interesting because I realized like, yeah, of course tourists must go there. But do you guys get a lot of tourists? Absolutely. What's their reaction? We've like, had people come, up? like, with their suitcases. It's so funny. Like, They're just like, the yeah, like, leave them in the lobby. <laughs> They're like, oh, I just got out. Like, we always get that. I just got off the plane. And are they normally from other places in the U.S.? Like, or different out states, of the country? yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, both. I mean, a huge variety. We're so close to Hollywood uh-huh. um, and downtown that we just, we get a mesh of both. But a lot of out-of-state. Tourist, yeah, it's so so interesting though. It's so fun to give them that experience and like be the first. It's the first time they've like walked into something like this. Yeah, we always get the same remark like it's a it's an adult candy shop. That's everyone always says that. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) like for you personally, uh, since obviously you are versed in all this stuff now, and you know you're older and you've worked there longer. Do the products like you use have those changed? Like, how do you kind of choose what to use for yourself now? Yeah, drastically. I mean, again, like for the better. Now I'm like 
you know, wondering of all the stuff that I put into my body, like from pesticides and herbicides, not fun things. Again, because a lot of the companies actually come in and do uh, bud tender, like educational days, which are phenomenal. So we learn every aspect about their company, like who grows it from seed to product. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. And the more that they do that, the more we can like engage in a customer and be like, hey, th- you know, these are the details about this product. And so that's like a good way for uh, that. A lot of us make up our mind like, oh, I want to try this. For the most part, we we've all tried most of the products. We have to. But like a personal thing, I like like sun grown, um, like sustainable, like from seed to product that they, you know, run everything. A lot of companies nowadays just buy flowers from mm-hmm. growers that they're not necessarily like every day overseeing the process. Gotcha. Yeah. So. So you still mostly smoke flour. Yeah. Flour or. No, I love vaping as well. Um, it depends. I like the like discretion about it. Mm-hmm. I can be like at school if I'm getting really anxious, you mm-hmm. know, take a hit or just anywhere. And it's a lot easier. I feel like if anything, like vaping is breaking a stigma of it being, you know, a lot of people don't like the smell or they don't like like the smokiness after even like the, the combustion air in your lungs. It's we don't really know the like the long term effects of any of this, mm-hmm. but it seems a little less frightening than like ripping a bong. Just like yeah. hitting a vape, you know, like in the corner. Like I've had like people try it that have never smoked cannabis in their life and they're like, okay, I'm going to hit the vape really, you know, try yeah. it for the first time. I was talking to someone the other day who's a cannabis business owner who said he started like he dabs now, not because it's the strongest, but because it's better for his allergies. Yeah. He was saying that like no, the flower makes, it, like gets him super congested, but dabbing doesn't. So that's why he does it. Yeah. <laughs> we've done like little tests between um, a lot of the girls that work at the shop. And we found that outdoor flower doesn't produce that the allergies that you would from indoor flowers. So oh, you, really? Uh, yeah. So asking to like that's try so sun interesting. Yeah. We don't know what it is, but there's less of the like hay fever essentially that yeah. comes after. That is crazy. Yeah, yeah. We've noticed that as well. Oh my God. And so <laughs> you had said part of the reason why you like the shop also was because um, you can get days off and you can still go to school. And so are you, yeah. where, will you tell me a little bit that? Like yeah, where yeah. you're going um, to school, I what you're to studying? East LA Community College. Oh, nice. I am hopefully transferring to Davis. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, fall term, I'm studying sustainable agriculture. Cool. Yeah, so you would transfer you second year then? It, yeah. Okay. And I love it. I mean, the school itself, I've been to a lot of the community colleges around Los Angeles, but East LA just has my heart. Mm -hmm. They're very focused on, they're like Chicano students. They have just a variety of classes that are, I I took like a Chicana feminist class Mm -hmm. and I was like, what is this? It was so amazing. (laughs) I learned just things that you don't necessarily just like pick up a book. It was more than that. It was like the experience with the teachers and the students. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a great school. I love it. If and when you go to Davis, um, what are you hoping to do there? Well, they have an amazing agricultural program, one of the best in the um, United States. And with that, I just want to have my own sustainable farm in the future, just live off the ground, promote a local economy. A lot I want to do with that. I want to eventually, with federal grants, be able to have um, like reintroduction back into society for women of IPV. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really healing to see something grow like from the ground up. And so like share that with as many people as I can. That's awesome. And so you'd be ready to move out of L.A. after all this Yeah, time. yeah. Ready. Ready for it. <laughs> okay, awesome. And then hopefully, like, Sacramento is just a few minute miles away, so still be in the cannabis industry. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. All right. That was Victoria Arana. You can go see her or any of the other mostly female, super friendly bud tenders and managers at CCA in Silver Lake. And this is Green and Gold. 
Thanks as always for listening and please don't forget to subscribe to us and give us a five-star rating so even more buds can find us and give a listen. This has been a Table Cakes podcast. Table Cakes Productions is a woman-owned, LA-based company responsible for not only me being here, but a bunch of other interesting, compelling podcasts you should check out too. You can support all of us by heading to patreon.com backslash tablecakes. All right, catch you next week, buds. Bye.